when I was uh, about one years old, she was diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis. You know, it's just an autoimmune disease, and it over time it kind of breaks down your ability to walk and you know just do things for yourself and, and you know be your own person. And so watching my mother, uh, you know, gradually lose that, you know, the, the simple things like having your own alarm clock. You know, I remember there was a phase where my mom would kind of just you know call me the night before just to uh, so I can call her at a certain time the next morning because you know she still could kind of make a phone call but she couldn't you know maneuver in the alarm clock and and I just remember like things like that would I would I would be going to bed and think wow I can I can set my own alarm and you know not everyone could do that and you know I just think my you know watching my mom lose these things made me realize how, how blessed I am to have them you know even just to, that my feet and my brain kind of uh you know work with each other and, and don't fight against each other and if I want to take a step I could take a step Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Hope Radio Podcast. Stories, profiles, and interviews of courage, triumph, and perseverance. My name is Sean Davis. I happen to be your humble host. And joining me as always, my co-hostess in life, my beautiful wife. Her name is... Just Jen. And you're along with us as we keep this hope train and moving on down the track. (laughs) (laughs) Choo-choo. I was waiting for you. You got a little distracted there. Yes, I did. Hey, we are hawkers of hope, Jen. We're originators of optimism. We are purveyors of positivity. We are engineers of encouragement. We are all those things. Did you ever know that? I did know that. Did you know that we were going to be that? No. When you were 16 years old and I saw you for the first time, did you ever think years later we'd be on the radio together? I was 15. Yes, you were 15. My bad. (laughs) Did you ever think? No, I did not think. No, you think all the time that you never thought we'd be on the radio. <laughs> do I? Do I really think? Yeah, you do. You're a smart bird. I think about what I'm going to eat in the next two hours. Yeah, <laughs> you do. You I, think about food. You think about fun. You think about our kids. You think about me. You think about fitness. I think about Mexico. Yeah. I think about a lot of things. Yeah, you do. I think about, I think more than the average bear. You think so? Yeah. You see, you think oh, that's a lot of thinking. <laughs> I don't want to think anymore. You said your mind works 20 times faster than mine. I'm not thinking anymore. Really? Yeah. You're just going to stop? Yep. How do you do that? I turn it off. Really? Yeah. Can I do that? (laughs) I know you wish you could do that. No, I'm not talking about wishing I could turn you off. No. You wish you could turn my mind off. No. My my mouth off. Jennifer. My brain off. Because you tell me all the time that I just need to quiet I, I tell you, you, you I You make just, the movement with your hands. You're doing this, but you need to do this. You're, sometimes your volume of words can be overwhelming. Yeah, well, I, I, I think out loud. And that's the problem is you think I'm always talking to you. Well, I'm thinking out loud. So even like yesterday, you Why said- Why does it sound like it's talking to me? I'm not talking to you. <laughs> yesterday, when I was getting ready, I was reminding myself what I needed to do before we left- the house yeah and you're like what what'd you say what do you i said i'm not talking to you (laughs) so you think i'm talking to you but i'm not why do you think it is that you in order to think your mouth has to move because i want to hear it i need to hear it why do you need to hear it i need to hear my thoughts 
why can't you think your thoughts? Because I'll forget them. It's kind of like <laughs> writing it down. If I say it out loud or see it, I will remember it. But if I'm just thinking it, I think about a lot of things. See, It'll get lost in my things. Is this the part where you're coming back to say your mind works 20 times faster than mine? Well, it does. And every one of our friends have always told us that. So Every one of our friends. Well, like three. <laughs> but they tell that's, us that. That's how many friends we have. Yeah. Well, one of them is like knows things. <laughs> <laughs> she no. doesn't like to be called a medium. She doesn't like to be called a psychic. She is, what would you call our friend Sam? She's our friend that knows things. She knows everything. She knows a lot of things. Yes. She, she knows, knows a lot of things, things I don't know things about. Yeah. But we love Sam, but Sam even said. so. I think we might have a record for how many things and thoughts that we have said in the last two minutes. I know. I'm tired. Now you're tired. Yeah. Does that mean you're still talking or no? Give me five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, I got to tell you, I'm excited for today's show. Okay. You know why? Why? It's on, it's on gratitude. Oh, I love gratitude. I think gratitude is the foundation of hope. I think so too. And you know what I'm grateful for? What are you grateful for? I'm grateful for you and I'm grateful for joke time. I'm grateful for food jokes. Is that what you're going to tell again? Food jokes? Yeah. Always a food joke. Yeah. Well, it's joke time. Well, so because it's almost Christmas, I have a Santa joke. What? Yeah. How is it almost Christmas? You can't skip Halloween and Thanksgiving and say it's already Christmas or almost Christmas. Well, because pumpkin spice lattes are everywhere. So it's that Christmas. makes it almost Christmas. Yeah. And there's so now Starbucks is in charge of when Christmas comes. No, and Costco is too. What do you mean, Costco? They have is? presents. What do you mean? They have presents and trees and and the big nutcrackers are out. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> are you ready for your joke? I'm ready for my joke. All right. Okay. What is Santa's favorite snack? What is Santa's favorite snack? I have no idea. What's Santa's favorite snack? Ho ho's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Oh my gosh. Do they even still make those? I don't know. Do, they, do they still make Twinkies? I don't know, but I seriously want to put my teeth in a ho-ho right now. Well, if they... what? What's it's a ho -ho? chocolate and it's got the white cream inside and it's got like tinfoil wrapper. That's from a long time ago. <laughs> I don't know if it still looks like that. So are Twinkies like a yellow cake version of a ho-ho? I think so, but didn't they stop making Twinkies? Now, why would you think that they stopped they making Twinkies? They went away. The Twinkie company Wonder, went away. Wonder owned it? Or, I don't know. Yeah. Are Twinkies still a thing? Let's ask our audience. Are Twinkies still a thing? If they are, you can take them to outer space. They don't, they don't ever go bad. <laughs> right? They don't. Because of the preservatives? Yeah. Why would, why would you think of outer space as being because there? Because I think you can take the astronauts your, take them to space. So the astronauts need to store food that's good for years and years and years? Well, they don't want to always maybe a eat Mars out of those trip. little packets. They maybe, want maybe a Mars trip they'd need to do that. Ding ding dongs would probably melt, but Twinkies I think last that long. Ding dong. <laughs> Which is dead. I mean ho hos. What? Oh, wait, wait, what's a ho ho? I don't know. Oh, I think I, I don't know any of these. I think I described a ding dong. I don't <laughs> I did. <laughs> I'm so confused. A ho ho is more of like a Twinkie-like. So it's like chocolate cake wrapped in a circle with the white cream on the inside. Apparently, uh, I'm not an expert because I don't know. Okay, well, you and I are going to go to the store and we're going to get Ding Dongs, Ho-Hos, and Twinkies and we'll test them on your... You better not forget the Oreos. Instagram. No, I'm not talking about Oreos. I like Oreos. Those Oreos are, are my jam. No. 
Yeah. No. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. You ready for What's my joke? What's your joke? Tell me something funny. All right. Here's my joke. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. Why couldn't Mrs. Dracula sleep properly? You're telling Halloween jokes. So? Because she was dead? No. Because of Dracula's coffin. Oh, that's funny. Maybe he had the corona. I don't know if there's a Mrs. Dracula. I don't know either, but that doesn't mean it's not funny. Why was he coughing? I say fraud on that joke. What? That's not a real joke. Why is that fraud? There's you no, laughed. There's no Mrs. Dracula. How do you know? I've never seen that movie. So he's just a lonely Dracula guy. He's just a lonely, you know, yeah? what do they do? Vampire they, neck guy. They don't date. What? They don't date. So he's been loveless all of his life? Dracula has been? Maybe he was married to Morticia. What? I don't know. Who's who's that uh that one woman I'm thinking of? Morticia. The, no, the crazy hair, like the real life woman. Like the like she was El- Elvira. 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 Uh, don't <laughs> My I, heart I was going on fire. I was going with it Elvira. with you. I was going with it, but like you I couldn't hang. You you know. I think I think Dracula and Elvira get together. They have a baby. So there is no Mrs. Dracula. I was right. The joke, what? The joke was fraud. Why? Because there's no such thing as a Mrs. Dracula. Oh, my gosh. All right. Let's get on to some other subject because apparently we're not going <laughs> to agree dong. on this. What? <laughs> okay. I want to tell you about uh, Grateful Peoples. Teddy Droseros is who we're going to interview today. And this young man is inspiring. He is hope-filling. He's one awesome young cat. Yeah. Meow. That was like a 70s reference, right? I don't know. I wasn't here. What? <laughs> Meow. <laughs> All right. So he's he's actually focused on the whole subject of gratitude. He, I, I love what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's putting gratitude journals in schools with kids. He's putting gratitude journals in coffee shops throughout the country and oh. leaving them there for people to fill up. And then the coffee shop owners send them back to him. And now he's going to write a book about some of the stuff that he's seen through 70,000 references of gratitude from 70,000 people throughout the whole country. That's a lot of gratitude peoples. I know. Yeah. And I'm excited to talk to him. So should we get him on the line? Let's call him. Should we call him up? Yep. Let's do it right now. All right. I'm on the line with Teddy Draceros. Welcome to the show, Teddy. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Hey, we're happy to have you. Anytime we get to talk about gratitude, which is what we're going to do with you, anytime we get to talk about gratitude, we're excited. Like, I think that's the foundation of building hope is being grateful for what you have not lamenting what you don't have but being grateful for what you have so we're excited to chat with you today oh yeah yeah same here thank you well you know why don't you tell our audience uh, where you live and uh, a little bit about yourself and then we'll jump into talking about gratitude yeah so i uh, actually just moved to uh, san diego earlier this year in in march um, and I'm loving it here so far. I was living in uh, New York City before here, which was where I was born and raised. Yeah, I was just ready for a change of pace and a different lifestyle. And it seems like I found it here in San Diego. And I run a nonprofit called Grateful Peoples, which we'll talk about today. And it's really just a way for me to express what I've learned through my own gratitude practice and what it's, what it's taught me and how it's improved my life. And my goal is really just to you know get people to, to practice every day. And so hopefully they can have the same experiences that I've had. 
Well, I, I love New York, but I got to tell you, I would be grateful as well if I moved from New York to the West Coast. I'm just a West Coast boy. You know, I like to visit oh. New York, but man, the laid back lifestyle, I like wearing flip flops, you know, and T-shirts. <laughs> and I find that, you know, that's more rare on the East Coast side of things. Oh, for sure. Yeah, actually, I bought my first pair of flip flops and I got out here. It's the first thing you got to do. I love that. Actually, my first pair of sunglasses as well. It was, uh, it was definitely a change for me, which was which was much needed, and I'm and I'm loving it so far. Yeah. Well, I want I want to get into talking about grateful peoples, but I, I guess what I wanted to do was start a little uh, before that because I think that you've got a you've got this servant heart. You you want to come alongside people, and I just I guess I'm curious: Have you always been that way? How did you develop this heart for others? Was it something that you cultivated yourself, or do you think that 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 was something that was shaped for you? I've been doing a lot of reflect, reflecting lately and seeing how my mom was and, and my dad. I they definitely love to give and I guess I kind of took that as well and I look at my brother and my father as you know people who taught me how to share you know they're just so open and giving with their energy and and, you know and anything they have and so I just feel like I got a really lucky family that that allowed me to be open and and also just gave me put me in an opportunity to be able to share first of all you know we never worry about food growing up or I was able to go, you know, my, my father helped me pay for college and so all these really amazing things and which kind of put me in a position to give. So, yeah, I think, you know, the universe just kind of blessed me and, and put me in this position. And and then before doing Grateful Peoples, I was actually working in finance as well. He said, you're a financial advisor and I needed that time there and I learned so much. But I remember, you know, coming home every day after work and thinking, you know, is this the greatest value of my time? Waking up every day and going to the office and just, you know, doing whatever I was going to do and and that was when I was in my early 20s, I'd say. And from there, and I just really started asking a lot of questions. I got the chance to go on some really cool trips to uh, Ecuador and uh, Mexico with actually my old high school that really kind of expanded my horizon in terms of how blessed I, I really am. And then it just made me, you know, feel in a state of bliss with what I already have. And, and you know, I'm sure we'll speak about my mother and my experience with her uh, kind of helped me just feel okay with, with who I am and what I already have and not need anymore. And she also has kind of allowed me to, to be in a position to, to give and share. I love that and uh, definitely want to talk about that. So why don't you expand a little bit more and share with our audience a little bit about your mom and how she impacted your life in many different ways. She was an amazing woman. She, when I was uh, about one years old, she was diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis. You know, it's just an autoimmune disease, and it over time it kind of breaks down your ability to walk and you know just do things for yourself and, and you know be your own person. And so watching my mother, uh, you know, gradually lose that, you know, the, the simple things like having your own alarm clock. You know, I remember there was a phase where my mom would kind of just you know call me the night before just to. Uh, so I can call her at a certain time the next morning because, you know, she still could kind of make a phone call, but she couldn't, you know, maneuver in the alarm clock. And, and I just remember like things like that would, I would, I would be going to bed and think, wow, I can, I can set my own alarm. And, you know, not everyone can do that. And, you know, I just think my, you know, watching my mom lose these things made me realize how, how blessed I am to have them, you know, even just to, that my feet and my brain kind of, uh, you know, work with each other and, and don't fight against each other. And if I want to take a step, I could take a step and, yeah, not, not everyone has, has these blessings. You know, what strikes me in what you're sharing is just this idea that what you are grateful for is the most basic of human movement and cognitive function, etc. You know, you're not grateful for a $3 million house. You're not grateful for a 
$50 million business, you're grateful for the ability that your mind doesn't fight your body or that your body doesn't fight your mind. I mean, I think, I think that you witnessing the degradation of your mom's body and its functioning was allowing you to take that and be grateful for it that yours is. And I think that that, do you think that that may be where gratitude really started to form for you or the idea of being grateful and, and uh, being appreciative of the things that you can do? Yeah. Like, and so, so looking back, I, I, I do think that my mind just, you know, say in high school or in college or even before I, I'm, I remember thinking like, wow, it's, it's really cool that I could walk, but I didn't, I don't think I understood I was practicing gratitude at the time. It wasn't until that I actually developed a gratitude practice with, you know, meaning I, I had a journal and I, you know, every day I kind of just reflected on, on, you know, the good things in life. And it, it wasn't until I started doing that, that I was able to truly feel appreciative, you know, for my, for my mom's sickness and everything that it brought into my life. So I think I definitely had like, you know, a little bit of that energy already before really diving into a gratitude practice, but, you know, the, the practice just kind of blew it up and made me see things in a, in a really beautiful way. That's fascinating to me, and I think that that's well said. I think that as you were talking, I was just thinking about the whole practice of gratitude, and I love it when you say gratitude practice. You know what I mean? Right. Right? Like yeah, it's just, yeah. You know, I, like, okay, you gotta, you got to continue to practice at it, but it's, it's, it's something. It's a focus. It's, a, it's an intention. But I think the highest level of gratitude in terms of your practicing it is being grateful for the adversity you know, everyone wants to be grateful for the things that are going well, but I think a, a, being grateful for the hardship, grateful for the adversity, grateful for the challenge, you know, because of what it could teach you or what you might learn or what you might experience going through it. I think that that's a, you know, that might be level two or level three. I don't know. Like I, you yeah. know. <laughs> so actually, I mean, I, if, if, uh, if you want, I could jump into a little bit about that book uh, we spoke about before because it ties in exactly to, to what you just said about um, being, you know, being grateful for the adversity. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I, so, yeah. So the, 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 I, one of the things I wanted to, you know, my, my goal is just to get people to, to write down what they're grateful for every day. And so when I, when I was first creating the journal, I was thinking about how, how can I, you know, physically do that? So I thought, you know, let me, you know, talk to the, the local coffee shop owner and see if he's cool with, leaving a book out, you know, with a little sign inviting people to write down what they're grateful for. Let's back up. Just let's unpack that a little bit more because I don't, I want to make sure that this isn't lost on people. And so I want to get to a little bit of the, of the backstory. So based on your experience with practicing gratitude, you felt compelled to share the practice of gratitude with others. And at first that began with journals in schools and we'll talk about that in and of itself but that then led to you leaving a gratitude journal at a coffee shop and this was just something that was I mean this wasn't like some grand plan I think you'd left one and then decided to leave more and so what just unpack that a little bit more let's let's make sure everyone's uh, with us yeah, yeah well so it was, it was all this was happening uh, simultaneously with with the schools project which uh, which I'm sure we'll chat about but um yeah, like I, I literally, my intention was like, I wanted to just create spaces of positive energy throughout the city and, you know, the journal and people being able to reflect in it is that, is that little space, you know, is that little pocket of, of, of good energy. And, um, so I just, yeah, I thought, where do people congregate every day and thought about coffee shops and yoga studios and restaurants and, uh, even hotels and, um, just community spaces. And, and so I would, 
you know, if there was one that seemed like it would be a good fit for, you know, to leave something like a gratitude journal out, I would, I would just walk inside and, you know, introduce myself and say, Hey, you know, here's this journal. Um, I'm doing this, I'm doing this project and I'd love to, to donate a copy for, for your shop or your store or whatever. And it just went really, really well. And it got to the point where I was just getting random emails from people saying, Hey, you know, I'd love to put a journal in, in here. Like, can you send me one of those signs? Uh, and then, you know, friends of friends would just, you know, when they, on their travels, they would leave books out in places and it was just this really cool and beautiful thing that just kind of, it, it was, I guess it became, it became bigger than anything that I could do alone. And, uh, it just made me, you know, this, this experience in particular really made me understand the power of community. And yeah, so that, that's, that was, it was really just people, people sharing their energy with me is how this project was to, able to grow. And over the course of the past four years, you know, I would, you know, I would ask people to send me the journal back uh, when it was filled up and, you know, they did, which I wasn't, you know, I didn't expect it. I just kind of was like, you know, Hey, if, if when it's filled up, you know, I'd love to keep in touch. And if you can send it back to me, great. If not, you know, please keep it for yourself. And, but yeah, I've collected probably up to like 70,000 uh, strangers handwritten grateful thoughts and, you know, tying that back into what we're talking about before reading through, you know, all these 70,000 thoughts, what I, what I learned or what I, got out of it you know about human nature is that the reason you know we've developed humans have developed this really cool ability to feel appreciative of the darkest of moments because it seems like they always lead to to the lightest of moments and and that's just what i kept seeing coming up throughout the book so the purpose of this book is really just to help people through any pain or or any suffering they're experiencing and because it is all temporary the purpose of this book is to help people through through any dark times they're going through, but by showcasing how other people have done it, and that's through you know reading people's uh, gratitude. You know, it's so funny. We're on the same mission. We're just mm-hmm. doing it uh, two different ways. Were yeah, you thinking the same I was thing? The same thing. You're like you know, we're, we're showcasing people's resilience through the stories of others, which is hope filling to them. Like yes. you're you're on a similar mission with these gratitude journals. What, what I love about what you shared is number one, I'm in awe, you know, because we, we talked about this before, um, you know, for a guy that is, is doing what you're doing to have done it for as long as you're doing it as young as you are. I just, I applaud that. I just, I, I feel like you took action. Like you just jumped out there and, and did it. But what I also love is that one thread led to another, you know, it started with this idea. Okay. I'm going to leave one. And then one led to, five and then you know you you had hundreds throughout the country and then i love that people are good they're inherently good Mm -hmm. you know like these journals are there you're like oh maybe i got a 50 50 chance i'm going to get them back you know yet consistently people would send it back to you and i love that and 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 so what was that like i mean like when you get one back is it a little like being a kid at at christmas oh i can't wait to see what's in this one uh, yeah, actually, exactly. I would, I would always be so excited to, to like, so say I would, um, cause I, before coming to California, I, uh, I would visit all the time cause my brother was here. So when I was here, I would go home with like 10 full copies of books and just, it would, yeah, it would feel like Christmas. Cause it's just, I, I just, you know, I was collecting these books for, for maybe about a year or so before I really had this very, you know, this concrete idea I have now about this book. And I, I just felt so blessed that I had just like these boxes of journals filled up with all this good energy and whenever I would be feeling off or unsettled and you know just yeah just unsettled I would I, I would I noticed myself gravitating towards just picking one up and just flipping through it and uh, it would make me feel good and and that's the essentially the experience I'm, I'm looking to recreate with the way I'm designing the book is just 
uh, something that is just, you know, sits on someone's coffee table and, and it's just a source of good energy when, whenever they need it. They could just pick it up, you know, pick up, you know, land on any page and feel something from it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I definitely, I was kind of joking with my, uh, my fiance the other day that I don't even think I put uh, this much effort and energy into my, you know, college degree uh, <laughs> in service. So I'm, well, I'm just really excited for, for it to, it's really coming together and I'm really excited. Did they say that you that you know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing when number one you get energy from it like you get excited from it when, like when you're doing it at the end of doing whatever it is that you're doing you feel more energized than you did when you started and and they say that that also time will fly like it feels like nothing and I think people have said when you when you follow your passion it never seems like work you know yeah. like when you're passionate oh, yeah. about something and mm-hmm. and and i you know 70,000 just think about like literally teddy you've touched the lives in in some way of 70,000 humans yeah. that are out there isn't that fascinating That's really fascinating oh wow yeah th- thank you it's like i i think about it all the time and it's just i, I, I yeah i just i'm really i feel really blessed to be in this position I really do. So let's let's talk about a, li- a few. So if you if you can, if you if you're willing to share, you know, I just like the questions I have are like, what's the most profound mm-hmm. gratitude like writing that you've come across? Like that's a that that's been a nagging question ever since the first time I talked to you. Like what what what's the one that's the most memorable? What's the one that's the most profound? I'm kind of humbled and surprised by how open people have been in these journals. And I'm still trying to figure out like why. People I think, really... I think it's the anonymity of it. I think, I think it's the fact that it's, they're not talking to you directly, that it's, that it's on yeah, their it's terms, like, you know, like if I had to guess, I would yeah. say it's the, you know, it's the, it's the fact that it is, uh, there's distance between you and what they're writing. So what they're writing almost feels like they're writing it to themselves. Mm-hmm. I would imagine, mm-hmm. you know, yet yeah, they but, know it's going somewhere else, but yeah, actually that the, the, the rhetoric I'm seeing is people just seems like they're just writing as if it's their own journal. And, and like, so, so there's just really powerful things. And there, so many come to mind. For example, I was working on it this morning and I, you know, I'd finished a, a page in the book and this, I, someone had, I guess just had gotten out of prison and went to the coffee shop and wrote about how he got out of prison today. And he's just bl- uh, blessed to see a blue sky. Mm. And, uh, some reason, one that came to mind is a woman that wrote about her experience with a heart transplant and feeling grateful for the person whose heart that she has now. And uh, it was like 13, like she, you know, I guess that was 13 years ago. And she just, you know, wrote, the way she wrote about, you know, her angel, her, her heart angel. And that one just came to mind. And there's, there's just, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of them. And, and uh, then there's really weird and funny ones, which I love. Um, <laughs> And then, and then I oh the the kids are the best. I love when you know you could you could tell it's the kids' handwriting. Yeah. And actually, the an, another kind of uh, mini tangent about the kids, and this is another thing I'm I want to sh- share in, in the book is uh, like virtually at like ninety nine point nine percent. There's just one that I could think of, but like out of the you know say ten thousand entries that kids wrote, only one comes to mind where they didn't mention a loved one or like people, like, you know, other humans. And, and a lot of times they mention, uh, science shows that kids' minds are just, there's so many more reactions happening up there and so many more thoughts than adults. And so the fact that when literally every single time over the course of thousands of times, when kids are asked to reflect on what they're grateful for, they mention a loved one and also the basic things like food and air. I just thought that was pretty powerful. 
in terms of, you know, what's really important and maybe what, what we should be focusing on a little more. Yeah, it was just really cool to, to see that trend with the, or that, you know, whatever you want to call it with the kids. I feel like there's so much psychology in what you're sharing and so much psychology in what you're mining through. Like, I feel like those books are a, a gold mine relative to the mindset of people and what they're truly appreciative of and grateful for. I, I love kids. Like, the idea that they're grateful for food and air and shelter and stuff like that. Like, we all should be grateful for that. Like, yeah. right now in the midst of the pandemic, you know, I'm worried about my business. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. You know, like just being grateful that you got a roof over your head, grateful that you've got a, a belly that isn't hungry, grateful that you can take in air. Like right now in California, as you may or may not know, you're down in San Diego, so I don't know how bad it is down there. But up here in the northern California, it feels like, you know, we, we should be grateful every yeah. time we take a breath because sometimes it's hard to take a breath kind of thing, you know. But yeah, um, oh, yeah totally. But I just, I just, I, I love that. I, I think, you know, and then you're going a step further. Now you're, you're not only taking all of this in, but you're trying to find the reasoning behind it. You're digging deeper into the stories to try to reconcile why certain people are doing this or why certain people are saying what, etc. cetera. I, I think that's going to be fascinating too. So, I mean, is the book just going to be a reprint of these like the best that you can find? Or are you going to, you know, this is this is what I think I've drawn from this experience. Here's the life lessons I've learned about X. And, you know, like how, how is the organization of the book really going to come to fruition? Both, actually. So it's, it's, it's super simple. And, and it's like, again, another experience I'm looking to recreate is the experience of just someone just randomly walking into a coffee shop and seeing the book for the first time and, and flipping through it. And, and um so I'm keeping that in mind, and, and really, I'm going. So the the cover is just going to be some some artwork of mine that you know I'm going to kind of just allude to things that I, I've noticed in the book, um, and then the first few pages I'm I'm going to share like my you know what I learned and my experience with with making the book and creating it, and then the rest is just going to be um, I'm like you know the, the reasons it's taken so long because I want it's really important for me to preserve the people's handwriting because I I learned a lot about handwriting and your emotions you're feeling definitely change whatever emotional state you're in definitely impacts your handwriting so it's really cool to experience the person's handwriting with their thought because it's just more you get more of the story and you can create more of an image in your mind and you can which i think is just really cool and um so yeah so i've been photoshopping out the uh handwriting of the ones that speak to me the most and there's going to be I, i'm you know not finished yet but there'll be at, at least a thousand of them um, yeah, so I just, over the past several years, I've been in the process of, you know, scanning them to my computer and photoshopping them out. And now I'm just essentially like, you know, I had all these, you know, several books that I've kind of taken pieces from and now I'm just like reconstructing one book. That's how I look at it as, and yeah, so it's going to be the, the ones that speak to me the most of the, the entries with the actual handwriting. Well, I know if Jen was in that book, she hers would be flowery with hearts <laughs> and big J's oh, and, yeah. and serpentine oh, yeah, S's. Lots and, of doodling would be happening. <laughs> Jen doodles oh, yeah. every single time. We're, we're on the radio. She's drawing pictures the whole time. Yeah. That's oh, how she nice. listens. Yeah, I, those are some of my favorite ones. There's actually like some really amazing artwork people left behind. and. Yep. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of doodles. Those those are like those are the ones I'm attracted to because they're they're you know they're good energy and yeah, people really just like yeah let loose in it. Yeah, and and I'm really lucky to have have been able to, to read through all of them. 
Have you had any crazy stories, like any anybody like really not taking it serious and writing like crazy stuff in the book that you're like, whoa, where did this come from kind of thing? <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, and there are certain like ice cream shops where, you know, teenagers would get in and write certain <laughs> things, but. But it was just like, you know, I, those ice cream shops, boy. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. those teenagers. Yeah, those teenagers <laughs> that go yeah. into those ice cream shops. I, I got to tell you, you got to watch yeah. out for them. I honestly, yeah, exactly. I probably would do that too. You'd, you'd probably yeah. do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Just because oh, yeah, you're funny that way. I don't know. I think I would do, I I don't know. I think I would honestly like just write something stupid or funny or just because. The rule follower would not yeah. follow the rules of the gratitude. Well, book. I would actually do <laughs> gratitude as well. But as we're talking, I'm actually, you give me an idea. I'm like, we should have a confession journal at all these coffee shops. <laughs> so people can Ooh. get, they can get the things that they need to get off their chest, off their chest. Yeah. I'm like, I want to see that. That's down and dirty. Teddy, there's, yeah. the, there's your next idea. I like like the, the antithesis of yeah. the, of the gratitude journal. It's the confession journal. Yeah, like so what maybe, would you find in maybe there? Maybe you broke a rule and you're like, okay, I ran the stop sign today, you know, and you can write it down yeah. and feel better. Okay. Got it out. Well, if that's the worst yeah, yeah. that you find in the confession <laughs> journal, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I think it's a, I great, idea. a great idea. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll just imagining. I'm sure there'll be some crazy stories in there. Yeah, because there's some people that sure. aren't grateful, and you know, maybe they just need to tell you their confession, like <laughs> Catholic Church. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's well, actually. Yeah, the, 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 no, uh, sorry. What were you saying? No, I was just going to say that's actually a phenomenal idea. I think that's a that's a that's a phenomenal idea. I would I would be very interested in that. Okay, Teddy, that's my idea. So give me credit. No, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's, it's all, it's you, all you'd have to have those in like tattoo shops, you know? Yeah, like in, in like yeah. yeah, you have to find the, the right bars and tattoo sure. shops. Those the, they would love this book. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe. Maybe in a yoga studio, it might be too uh, too nice. In yeah, there. yeah, no. <laughs> we'll 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 keep the great the grateful ones there. Like what? Yeah. Like, could you imagine? Like, all of a sudden, somebody confesses, "I'm the Golden State Killer." Oh God, <laughs> no! <laughs> I think you'd be scared. It was your idea. Now I'm just going down the, the the path of it. I think you'd be scared with some of the things you got, but I definitely think it'd be interesting because people. There's no question it'd be interesting. Yeah, that would be a great book. I mean, people are going to read that. Oh, for sure. Like, I'm, I, I want to read that. Yeah, see, you, know? you, you better get on that. <laughs> Fantastic idea. Well, the, I think the other thing that you've done, though, let's, let's talk about kids because the other thing that you've done is that you've taken this whole idea of having a gratitude practice and you want to bring it to kids. You want to teach them when they're early. So tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about that. Yeah, so that, that's the main the main focus of, of Grateful Peoples. And um, I just, I remember, you know, a couple of years into practicing gratitude. And, and it, you know, I was getting into more things too, like, you know, understanding how, how food makes me feel and, and, you know, breathing and stretching and, and all that stuff. And, um, but yeah, I, I really attributed my gratitude practice to just a major shift in the way I, I experienced life and, and, you know, everything changed even though nothing changed just my my perception and so i thought like what you know what if i was 10 years old or 15 years old and someone had introduced me to this practice and that was kind of the the driving force of uh why i wanted to get the book into schools uh the journal into schools and, and so i just I, I reached out to uh, an old high school teacher of mine that i kept in touch with and told him about the idea and you know we, we would donate books for his homeroom class 
and uh, he just needed to give them. It, it was like uh, it was just literally one minute for, for the first like kind of I guess pilot program, and uh, because it, that's all that's the, the most time the schedule allowed for, and, and um, so there's these uh, I think they were sophomores in high school, and so they just journaled for one minute uh, every morning, and six months later I, I went in and checked up with uh, with them and shot a little video and, and like, I knew it was going to impact them in, in a positive way. But uh, I remember, you know, standing in front of the classroom and, and hearing what, you know, their thoughts and what they're sharing with me. And I remember being like, this is, this is what I'm going to be doing. Like, uh, you know, for the next phase of my life. And, um, I never had an experience like that before. And the kids get this journal and, and the teachers just give them time every day to, to reflect in it, to, to, to write, to write down, um, about their gratitude. And it's really simple, and there's kind of no there's no structure, no guidelines. It's it's just give the kids the, the space and and let them figure it out. And I kind of I call it gym class for their mind. And you know when when they kids go to to recess and you know they let the kids play on the playground, there aren't you know there aren't teachers saying okay now you're gonna go to the swing, and then they kind of just let them run wild and feel like there's too much structure in the way kids are taught information and, and ideas. And uh, so this idea is just that there's no structure and their mind can just explore and they can reflect on their emotions and figure it out for themselves. And it's been, it's just been going really well. It's been, it's been amazing. Like getting to visit the kids at the end of the year has been, it's, it's such a, it's such a high feeling. And again, I'm really blessed to, to be, to be able to do it. Well, I applaud you for doing it. I think you're doing a, a great mm-hmm. thing. I think teaching kids about gratitude early on is, is awesome. And I think it's a it's a life skill many of us should have been taught mm-hmm. in school. I mean, I, I guess getting on a little bit of a rant, I feel like yeah. school doesn't teach us the foundations of what we really need to yeah, they don't. learn to navigate life. You know, don't teach yeah. us about money. They don't teach us about gratitude. They don't teach it. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's there's a I, I feel like there's a, a, a life skill component that's missing in academics today. And, and oh, I think gratitude totally. would be an example of that. I honestly think that schools should incorporate, you know, like a gratitude journal every single day. You first thing you do is you sit in your desk and you write one thing that you're grateful for. And then you continue throughout the whole year. And at the end of the year, you have like, you know, sixth grade, you've completed sixth grade and you have a whole book of what you are grateful for. But it really like gives you, you know, it sets them up for success in the future because that's what they're used to. That I mean, that's literally exactly what, what our goal is, is just like just every morning the kids go into mm-hmm. school and they and they start their day with with gratitude and I've been really lucky for for a community of people that just donate 12,000 or actually with including this year it'll be 15,000 copies and just the, the the feedback from from all these kids is it's just been really amazing and the one school that we worked with um the closest to kind of like you know see just to see how it's working and see what we can change or improve or just see if it doesn't need any changing or improving um uh, was the school up in Syracuse, and I, I believe I, I sent you a video of, of the kids, and um, the the principal re- reported a forty percent decrease in uh, behavioral reports for, for in, in just the one year of, of the kids' gratitude journaling every day. And then this was a school that had a lot of behavior problems, so that that was like huge for them. And what what I took out of that was that the and what I noticed for myself is that gratitude just helps. Uh, the more you practice gratitude, it really is just helps you become more confident because mm-hmm. you're just seeing more and more good. And when you're feeling good, you're not going to bully other kids and you're not going to act out of class, act out in class. That, that was one of the main things that kids were saying was that like, there's just kids are just acting out a lot less like their friends and everyone's more open and loving. And 
um, the the teachers were saying the teachers were getting along better, and, and you know a lot of that's been a lot of feedback, and and it's literally just um, and it's kind of another little t- tangent, but I, I've I've been I realized recently that I get a little vulnerable and unsettled when I tell people about this idea because it sounds it definitely sounds a little crazy in terms of uh you know I I just tell people yeah just you know get a pen and paper and write down your happy thoughts every day and your life's going to change and it, it just sounds so simple but it it is and um and then, yeah and that's all it is and I need to get over that vulnerability and just and just you know figure out a ways to get people to understand how how powerful like simplicity is and um not, not and only kids, how I, yeah. Not not only how powerful simplicity is, but you know, I I just think in today's culture of comparison, mm-hmm. you know, you think about social media, etc. I think social media has for a lot of people a significant amount of anxiety, uh, negativity associated with it because a lot of people in t- get into yeah. comparison, and then comparison I think leads to a feeling of lack. Mm-hmm. And that leads to envy, and then that can lead to frustration, depression, anger, etc. So if you if you're always grateful, going back to the first story you you shared, you know, witnessing your mom's degrading health, just being thankful that your mind isn't fighting your body, like yeah. like you start your day like that, you know, I I feel like you're 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 starting with your plum centered, like you're, you're starting you're getting your mind right. Yeah, from exactly. The beginning of the day. Exactly. And, and, yeah. and I was going to, I was going to ask you, you know, like what, what's, what's the big mission here? Like there, there's effort extended on your behalf toward these initiatives, you know, gratitude journals in schools, you know, these, these gratitude journals at coffee shops, that's going to lead to a book. You know, you hope that book's sitting on a on a coffee table. You hope somebody picks it up, and then what do you hope happens? Like, what 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 is the what is the big wish out of all of this effort that people leave a better life, that they lead a more thankful life, that they become, you know, happier? Like, what's the what's the end product goal on your side? That's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I like to think very big picture of things, and you know, I look at you know this book, for example, as just a stepping stone to something different, which may not have anything to do with gratitude. But confession journal. But at the end, I guess to answer your question, at the end of the day, what I want to share with people is um, that we, 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 especially, you know, people that are receiving my message or likely that are receiving my, the message I want to share and, you know, in, here in America and in other places, we, we have more than enough to, to be happy and, and to lead good lives. And we just need to, um, like my, my goal isn't to be happy. My goal is to be content. And I, and, uh, really I just want to, um, what do you define I, the difference I, as like define break that apart and, and, uh, expand on a little bit more. What's the difference between being happy versus being content? Um, content for me is just, not having a need to change anything like everything is is just the way it's supposed to be um it's it's perfectly imperfect and uh and then i think happiness is just an experience really you know you're playing soccer or you're hanging out with your niece or and that that that's happiness um but it's happiness is something that's always fleeting and and you know contentment can always be there because you're just you're cool with the way the present moment is and i've i've come to look at gratitude as the bridge to the present moment because the more you practice gratitude, the more you realize that, you know, things are 
things are things are as they like to, you know there's a lot more good that than than you, you realized before and um it's just you know things are just good now and and gratitude is a bridge to the present moment instead of focusing on the lack I, instead of focusing on what it, what isn't going well to acknowledge what is it's it's that uh i think it's an anchor like mm-hmm. what you're saying a bridge or an anchor to the present moment it's 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 really a great way to begin mm, yeah. to start yeah you know, instead of yeah. out of want, be content, right. you know, focus on content, focus on what I do have, what is going right, what is awesome right now about my life. We can all focus on the negative. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody listening right now who's got a family member that's going through COVID or in the hospital, or maybe they lost a loved one, or maybe their, you know, business is in decline. Maybe they, they feel lack, you know, so to, to sit there and go, okay, what, what is good about my life right now? Well, I can walk, I can breathe, I can see, I can hear, mm-hmm. you know, starting with those basic human functions and then expanding on that. I've, I've got a place to live. I've got utilities. I woke up today. Yeah, I woke up today. My heart is still yeah, beating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's as simple as that. Like, that is a truly a gift itself. I think, th- I think gratitude is really one of the foundational pillars mm-hmm. of hope. Right. You know, I think that's what's so interesting to me about the practice of gratitude is I think it's hope engendering. Mm-hmm. Because when you're grateful for what you have now, not focusing on the lack, I think that brings hope. Whereas if you focus on what I don't have, I can't get that isn't happening right now. I mean, that yeah. that breeds exactly. frustration. It brings it resentment, concern, fear, anxiety. Yeah. You know, it gives me anxiety just <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> Jennifer. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, I, I, I really I really do believe you know, especially in the long term, that the energy that you put out and what you put out is what you get in and if you're just if you're just walking around life with with a great little vibe and you're just going to attract like goodness mm-hmm. because you that's just what you're putting out and um yeah I, re- I really do believe it all starts with our inner emotions and our thoughts and if you know if you can figure out a way to just navigate through life and, and stay positive and stay content then you know life will it, it'll it'll just all work out you know it'll all work out I believe that. So, so let me ask you a question. So let's assume somebody's listening right now that's going through anxiety, has some fear, has some worry, and in, maybe legitimately so. Like they've got some reasons to be concerned given the pandemic, given fires, given Black Lives Matter, given, you know, civil unrest. And we've got an election, you know, everyone gets all keyed up when we've got an election. And, you know, so like what would you say to that person right now that's experiencing all of that, like what advice would you have to share based on what you've read, seen seven, 70,000 people responding, like your, your knowledge of, of gratitude, like what, what would you say? My mom passed recently uh, in April. And the, the reason I mentioned that is because the previous, you know, say two or three years have been like, I've never experienced anxiety like that. I didn't, I didn't even know anxiety. I, I didn't understand anxiety until you know, the experience with, you know, with my mom's progression to, you know, to, to where she is now. And through that was just constantly thinking that everything is temporary, including life itself. You know, I have this set amount of time here and am I going to want to waste my time being uh, stressed out and anxious over something that, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of, it is out of my control. So I would just think about that. And I would think that I can't change that. My mom is sick. I can't change the impact it's having on her body and, and my personal life. And, but it, you know, if I can't change it, the, the only thing that makes sense is to learn to love it. And, and the other aspect that really helped me was that what I've noticed is, you know, the, the, 
the greater the pain, the greater the beauty. And also things that are really beautiful also have a really dark side too. And it's just finding the balance and, and just navigating through the current experience we're in and, and just knowing it, it's all temporary. And to, to, to just really to try to reflect on, on the good because there's, there's always good as that seemingly dark and negative and there's, there's always good if you let your mind see it. I think that's very, very smart, very wise, you know, very uh, good, good advice. I think it's just a season. You know, some people have said, yeah. you know, uh, pandemic's going to be here through 2022. I mean, nobody knows how long, but like, the, let's say that's true. Like, let's say it lasts all through next year in some form or fashion. You know, it is but a season. It's not your whole life. Exactly. It's not going to be 10 years. It's not 30 years. It's not, you know, and recognizing that. And I think that there'll be a severity, uh, drawdown of it. I think that the severity of it will, will, you know, slowly, uh, get better and better and better and it'll get weaker and weaker and weaker. And then we kind of return back to normal. But, uh, you know, I do, I do think that that's great advice. You know, it is just, but a season, nothing is forever. Everything is temporary, including life itself. And, you know, I think the more you hold on to that, the more you, you hold it lightly, the better you're going to respond to these types of situations. I, I think the other thing, too, is recognizing that often, and you've said this multiple times, what follows significant adversity is something incredibly beautiful. You know, like sometimes coming out of a season like this will lead you into what could be the best season of your life. Yeah, I, like I, I, I feel like I'm literally experiencing that right now. But like I mentioned, it was it was. It, it, it was just, it was a really tough time for me. And, and um, I, you know, my, my mother's death was kind of like this release and it, you know, life fell into this really, really beautiful place for me right now that I couldn't have imagined a year ago. Um, you know, as I'm sitting here in the hammock in my yard, you know, I would never have thought about that a year ago living in New York city and, um, and just the way you, the way things work with grateful people and this book, it's just, and then like all, all of that craziness needed to happen for me to have this, this really beautiful, you know, phase that I, that I feel like I'm entering and, you know, it wouldn't be as beautiful if it wasn't for, for all that darkness. And, um, so that's why I've just, you know, I've come to learn to love it, learn, learn to, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going out there looking for pain, but when it does come, I'm, I let it, let it teach me what, what it can. How wise is that? Let it teach me what it can. You know, just the mindset yeah. of going, okay, yeah, pain is not fun, but what can I extract from it? What what can good. I be taught yeah. from it? What What's the maximum possible good I can squeeze out of this adversity? Mm -hmm. I like yeah, that. That's, that's good. good. That's good stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Jen's looking at me with a little twinkle in her eye. I like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, looking at my mom, if I didn't watch her, you know, lose her ability to walk, I'm like, I have these experiences and they're they're very, you know, almost visceral just when I'm putting on my shoes and I walk out the door, I just get this rush through my, my, my gut and, you know, into my chest. And it's like, wow, I can, I can put on my shoes and walk yeah. outside. And, um, I, I really don't think I would be having those just really blissful, beautiful feelings if it wasn't for my mom's suffering. And so some people, some people don't have shoes. So yeah, like that's such exactly, a, yeah. such a people, grateful, yeah, have, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, so uh -huh. let, let alone be able to tie your own shoes. Some mm -hmm. people don't even have them. So exactly. it's like, yeah. Wow. 
Wow. Teddy, um, you're doing good things. You're yes. doing you're doing good things, and um, it makes me happy. I'm inspired by what you're doing. I, I just oh, I'm, I'm more hope filled by what you're doing, hearing your story, and just this mm-hmm. idea of being in practice of being grateful. Right. Well, gratitude I, practice. I'm feeling content and happy and full of gratefulness. Well, wow. Yeah. Look at you. You so just got to go one up me. I'm going to be both. I'm content and happy <laughs> all the time and filled with gratefulness. You know, when Jen worked, so we had a business, I was financial advisor. Jen was our client happiness coordinator. So she is all about happiness. Yes. I love happiness, oh, okay. but I'm always content. Wow. I'm, I'm good. I'm go with the flow. I'm like, whatever's thrown at me, I just deal. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think, I think contentment's the goal, not necessarily happiness. Yeah. That's how I'm starting to, to look at it. I'm I'm still I mean, I'm still going to be yeah. both. You know, yeah, I'm like I definitely <laughs> want to get as, as much happiness as yeah. possible. But they're going to be both my goals. <laughs> hey, if you if you yeah. if you can't tell, my wife's a little feisty, so you're not going to tell her what to do. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, there's nothing wrong with being content and happy. No, I agree. I, I mean, agree. Right? Yeah, exactly. No, there's nothing wrong. I think that's that's an awesome state to be in. More and that's is one better. of the things I love about you is you, you know you're typically not unhappy very yeah. often ever. And uh, I think you're fairly content, regardless of the circumstances. You once told me we could live in a box as yeah. long as we were together. It didn't matter. I still want to do that. What? I want to cut out, like, the door. You know, like when we were Like kids? one of those big, like, refrigerator boxes. Yes. Like, put a couple of them together. And, we'll, I, you know, I am an interior designer, so I would make a really, really cool box. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> I believe Ooh. that you would. <laughs> It'd be very modern. <laughs> Love it. I, I like I'm right there with you. I've actually been getting into to woodworking since I've been out here. So I'm just like, oh, oh yeah, anything we need, like oh, I'll make it. And uh, my fiance is like, maybe not, but uh, we're the but yeah. same. So, we build our yeah, own yeah. barn doors. We do everything out of wood. We renovate make our houses own, now. Our pieces so, and yeah. barn doors, and you know, oh, like all kinds. Awesome. Yeah, we yeah. we have a lot of fun working with our hands that, that way. Super yeah, cool. It's been it's, yeah. been it's definitely been like a like a positive escape for me for mm-hmm. sure. It is so fun. So I'm, I'm I'm grateful for uh, for woodworking today. Yeah, it's I'm grateful for <laughs> woodworking. I'm going to go home and be crafty and make a new door. I'm going to go home and write a grateful journal beginning. I'm going to build a box, oh, nice. a box house. You're going <laughs> to build a box. Well, we're just going to do all the things. <laughs> all inspired gonna, by Teddy. I'm going to be grateful that oh. I can do things. Yes. Yes. I'm going to yeah, be grateful that, that you can do things too. Yeah. I can do all the things. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy, you've been so awesome. You know, how, how can we support your mission? So you, you grateful peoples, how do people connect with you? You know, if somebody wanted to support the cause, how would they do so? Um, well, yeah, uh, we're at grateful peoples on Instagram and gratefulpeoples.com, but the, the main way is just to practice gratitude and tell, tell people, you know, and just share yes. it with other people. Make sure that's, that's the other part is it's practicing it for yourself is one thing, but when you share it, it's just, makes it exponential it makes yeah. the power exponential so well i feel like we're share. winning all right we're doing a podcast on grateful people sharing gratitude well i'm gonna go home yeah, and tell please. my kids that you know i'm teaching school to that they're gonna start writing what they're grateful for every single day and at the end of the year i'm gonna have this beautiful gift from them yes so oh, they, yeah. ha- they have homework <laughs> well slip Mom them the, homework slip them the confession journal too so we know what's going on yes they're getting yeah, right. they're getting yeah. two they can choose which one they want to write in for the day but <laughs> i want it filled out every single day i think it'd be awesome uh, that Ted, would be. 
Teddy, this was fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for what you shared. And man, kudos to you. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, I, I think that in your way, in in a grateful way, you're mm-hmm. changing the world. And I, and I love world changers. And, you know, I just applaud you for what you're doing. You've inspired us for sure. And I'm sure somebody that's listening is inspired as well. So thank you. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that, thank you. Thank you for giving me space to, to share, you know, myself and, and what I'm working on. All right, Jen, what'd you think about our interview with Teddy Draceros? Honestly, I thought it was great. I loved talking and hearing about the gratitude journals because I think that's so important that everyone starts a gratitude journal. And, you know, even when you wake up writing down three to five things or maybe one reasons why you're grateful. Well, I think you were inspired. I think I, you, I think you're going to you know, force feed it to our kids. And I I'm love going that idea. to. I think it's actually really special. And I love to hear and see what the boys are thinking and what they're grateful for. Yeah. Imagine getting, you know, a year long version of that. So you, you moms out there, you dads out there listening, imagine giving mm-hmm. your kids a gratitude journal that they got to focus on, reminding them every day. And imagine looking back over that, especially the formative years. Right. You know, you know, we should actually take a book to Mexico yeah, and put it at the coffee shop there. That would be awesome. Wouldn't that be great? But I can't read Spanish. But he can. Who? Translate app. What? Teddy can? Teddy's translate app. Oh, we should, <laughs> meaning we should take one of his, for him down there? Yes. Yeah. Like I, spread I it worldwide. Well, I think you had a fantabulous idea too, the whole confession. Confession wow. journal. That sounds a little salacious. Seriously. like What it, might you see in that? That book you would like go to a coffee shop. It probably wouldn't be at a coffee shop. Like I said, a tattoo shop. And you. Why are you making that difference? Because why are why are you? I think they're more willing to tell their confessions. Well, listen, the barista at Starbucks has got more tattoos than the average person walking into a tattoo shop. Very true. And I have confessions. You do? Yeah. Let's hear it. I didn't stop today at the stop sign. Jennifer. I know. There you could have gotten in trouble. I looked right. I looked left. I looked forward and there was no one. So I said, go, 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 go. Why did you do that? Because you were late? I was racing. What? I was racing myself. Since you did. When do you race? When? When do I drive? That's the bigger question. <laughs> this is true. I, now, I in haven't our driven in like three months. I, I know. I haven't driven since March. Really? Probably. Really? Actually. Yeah. April, May, June, July, August. Five months. Yeah. You get you get a you get to do all the things that the driver doesn't get to do. I'm the driver. I'm the chauffeur of the family. Well, I'm watching for the policeman because you're driving too fast. What? Yep. Why are you telling? This isn't the confession journal show. I'm your ride and die. What? Yeah. Yeah, you are. But why are you telling my secrets about? I just said your stuff. confession. What's my confession? You speed. I speed. Yes. What? You can't say I speed. Well, you do. <laughs> so I just did. Just saying. <laughs> you make me laugh. <laughs> no, I think a confession journal would be, you know, kind of like the dark side of the gratitude journal. Yeah. I mean, where there's a God, there's the devil. So there's got to be both sides. Well, just because you're confessing doesn't mean that it's super dark. Well, it's, but I'd imagine the, the anonymity of it would make yeah. it so you could probably get some but pretty honestly, crazy things. It, it'd be one of those books that you'd want to read. Like you go somewhere where you saw one, you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like it'd be one of those you couldn't put down. And I would be that one that was watching somebody write. And as soon as they put it down, I wanted to see what they wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, oh, the last entry. Gotta check it out. You so would. Oh, that man. would totally be you. I and I bet you most people day. listening, I, I think that they would be the same way. I think that they'd go, yeah. ooh, what, the, what did that person just I'd write in there? People around just to see what they wrote jennifer yeah really yeah and then what would you think once you read what they wrote oh 
well, to each his own. <laughs> you do you, boo. <laughs> you think, oh, that wasn't so bad. Well, then it could be really bad. And I'm like, I better call the cops. Yeah. I'm the narc. <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm telling on you. You'd, you'd, you'd be the rat. Yeah. You'd rat on them. I always wanted to do that in high school. Really? Yeah. Like, you wanted to be the rat? Well, when I was older, like when I was in my 20s, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go back to the high school and be the narc. Yeah. Because you you are a rule follower. Yeah. And so when people don't follow Except the rules. Except for the stop signs. It, yeah. But... I mean, you probably do that once in 10 years. Stop. The stop signs are just a suggestion. That's down in Mexico. That's not here. Oh, okay. Did you get confused? A little bit. (laughs) No, but honestly, like, um, I would be one of those ones in high school because I followed the rules. So I think everyone else should follow the rules. Right. And so you'd want to get black or white. Yeah. You'd want to get the people that didn't follow the rules in trouble. I just didn't think it was fair when other people weren't following the rules or listening that you had to follow. Yeah. I don't blame you. So. I agree. But back to gratitude, because that's way more fun to talk about. Yeah, it was. he was awesome. Yeah. I just love what he's doing. It's inspiring. So, Teddy, thank you. Thank yes. you so much for so what you're young, doing. Grateful peoples. It. Yeah, like early 30s, 31, yeah. 32. Just awesome. Yes. I just can't. I'm excited for the book. Yeah, he's a mover and a shaker. And I'm going to put it on our coffee table. Gratefulpeoples.com, and they're on Facebook and Instagram, Grateful People. So go check them out. Yes. And how do people check us out? How do they get more of us if they want more of us, Well, if they're listening to us right now, I'm sure they know how to find us on a podcast. Yes. Right? Yes. But our social medias are Hope Radio Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. And give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a review. We haven't had, be the first person to give us a review on iTunes. We haven't had a review on iTunes? We've had one, but we haven't had one in a while. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Give us a review because the more- We're at right now 16 like comments and we've had like five or six reviews. And so I I want the next, whoever's listening, got to go write a review. what? What? I'm grateful for that. Yeah, Yeah. Me too. Thank you. Thank you for writing a review. Yes. Thank you. Five stars and yeses. We'll send you cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jennifer, I think we've got another interview scheduled for tomorrow. Another, another. hope-filled interview a-coming. You can never have too much hope. I agree with you. And along those lines, I say, let's do it again. Okay. Here's a preview of Hope Radio Podcast, episode number 68. I think I would have continued on that path had I not had a very undeniable sign from God. Ooh, I got goosebumps hearing that. That that sounds like yeah. something that we need to talk about. So <laughs> go on, elaborate. Yes. When I was 29 years old, so I've been in the workforce for a little bit. My husband and I are pretty regular work outers. We can go back to why I work out because it's a whole other story of hope in itself. <laughs> but we like to work out pretty regularly. And so because of that, I had these like really strong benchmarks of what I was able, you know, where my strength was or my conditioning was. And I just was getting stronger, but having a harder and harder time breathing. So I went to my doctor and I was like, hey, I just really am having these struggles. By the way, like my chest is kind of denty. It was a situation we discovered in, in high, like right before college. And long story short, I was diagnosed with a severe case of pectus excavatum. It's essentially where your sternum is kind of recessed into your chest and mine was sitting on my heart. So it was drastically impairing my breathing, which you, the more we talk, you may be able to hear. I start to kind of get a little winded just talking. Mm-hmm. 